0: Hey. We just be hyperizing While y'all be criticizing We just gonna do our thing What's like What's going again, on everybody? Every Welcome to yeah. Finer Things Club Where we talk finer things Just kidding, it's Off the Top Podcast You know who it is It's your boy, Julian
1: What's up guys? It's me, Jordan
0: Yeah, so uh hope everyone's been doing well Another week of us going strong We appreciate the feedback on the last episode And the shares and the listens Uh, Really, really appreciate you listening and hope you enjoyed today's episode.
1: Yeah. And today we're talking about something that is a little more in our wheelhouse or not specifically mine, but definitely Julian's. We're going to be talking about the shoe industry in a total, like in its totality.
0: Yeah. And uh, I think shoes really ranges from, you know, you have like your athletic shoes, lifestyle, sneakers or like dress shoes and loafers and kind of all sorts of shoes in there I know a little bit more about sneakers but I want to get more into that kind of dress shoe just to have some nice ones on the side you know you can't always wear Nikes or Jordans or Adidas that are nice sometimes it's nice to have good dress shoes
1: yeah absolutely and so just so we can kind of start from some place I wanted to kind of get your story of how you got into the shoe game and how you where you like basically the journey it took for you to start and for you to be where you're at right now
0: Okay. Well, let's say I'd say probably around when I was 7, right? That's about 2003, a young man was drafting the NBA named LeBron James, right? This 18-year-old kid, and that's kind of when I started enjoying basketball and watching it on TV and being aware of advertisements and you know the players in the league and you know, what they were wearing, and Nike kind of jumped onto LeBron's back. Kobe was huge at the time, Um, and, you know, you saw, like, T-Mac was still playing, um, and Shaq, and all these big figures, And but Nike really jumped onto LeBron and uh, Kobe, so their ads over time I just really enjoyed. They had, like, one that was LeBron's which was like LeBron playing a bunch of different characters, like business LeBron, sport LeBron, kid LeBron, promoting a shoe. And it was really funny. It was kind of like a series of uh, cart- or commercials. And then you had Kobe doing like uh, really took on his Mamba instinct kind of a little bit later as I was watching as I you know, grew and they really hyped on that. So they did like a fake viral video of him jumping over an Aston Martin or you had like the, the Mamba series with like Kanye West was in there and all these different mm-hmm. people. So like advertisements in my, my thing really worked. And then they kind of put them together for the MVP puppets, which were MVP puppets, was a puppet LeBron and a puppet Kobe like debating championships. And they had this other little puppet in there. It's just really funny for a kid. And I think it got a good overall um, reaction. And then February 4th, 1st of 2007 so i was like 12 yeah that was our neighbors if you heard that uh i, I don't think they have hands
1: they're, they're just gems up there
0: <laughs> um february 1st of 2007 uh lebron is in the all-star game in vegas uh shacks there so there's like the lebron shack dance off if you're familiar with that time kobe's there uh chris paul and lebron has his lebron four all-star which is like a gold and white shoe Vegas theme and it was just sick like I was 12 so um, I had saved up money to try to get them but I didn't really know how to purchase them so I just went to like Nike and and, like one in the afternoon and I didn't know shoes came out at a certain time in the day and I just missed out and from there I kind of just continued to get more into the sneaker side of basketball and understand that as long as the sport and then so basically like 2012 I would say is the real
1: starting point for me. Wow. So that seems like a very uh, kind of like a thing that formed into something that you didn't anticipate originally.
0: Yeah, it was definitely, I don't know, just something that wasn't you don't think about when you're that age. And then like it kind of came around and I kind of just enjoyed it as a hobby and a passion. And then it just kind of grew into, you know, me getting more shoes or looking into it or what, whatever. Mm -hmm.
1: And so as a macro uh, view perspective, we kind of understand how you got into shoes. How... I mean, at first we see, especially when it comes to sneakers, only athletes getting shoes. Like, um, you know, you think about your Jordans, you think about Magic Johnson, Larry Bird's shoes back in the day with Converse. And now I feel like it's starting to kind of shift a little bit where you see artists now getting shoes as far as like Kanye West Yeezys and uh, artists getting signed to, you know, sneaker companies. Like, how do you think that? all of a sudden converge from athletes only to kind of a more broader spectrum of people. Well, I think it's just generationally based. So like
0: when you have, um, Kanye being signed with Nike is kind of the turning point. I would say there was artists before that, um, that had collaborations like 50 cent had his own shoe for a while. If you remember that, oh, no, I um, Jay Z had his own shoe with uh, K Swiss for a while. I think, um, and but Nike like, kind of took Kanye under his wing when he was you know doing his thing, and uh, they released you know the Yeezy One, and then the Yeezy Two is what set it off, which came out in February of 2014, um, which just flipped the sneaker game on its head, and then put it out to the public because that shoe was reselling for eight thousand dollars, ten thousand bucks when it came out, and I think the way Nike did it. And Kanye's approach really made it viable for um, other companies to look at it as these celebrities were going from the celebrity stage to a national stage. At this point, you have like news and social media and all this different way for people to connect. So not only can you connect with athletes, but you can connect with these artists or influencers like um, Travis Scott or, you know, Rihanna or kylie jenner or asap rocky or whoever it may be or these designers that people could connect with or find them easily and have these huge followings where if it's done well it brings you know more to the table so you have athletes and then celebrities as well
1: yeah absolutely i think you're you hit it on the head with i mean i remember the yeezys coming out i had no idea that like jay-z or 50 cent had a shoe but um i feel like now as you you kind of touched on it as these influencers basically is what they are. They may be artists as their day job or athletes, but um, I think companies and themselves have realized that they have somewhat of an untapped market with, you know, apparel and specifically shoes. So uh, seeing that develop in its right, like in its own right, what do you think if you can't anticipate the next trend is going to be? I mean, we have people like Gary V or Gary Vaynerchuk for you. Those of you who aren't aware, who's a entrepreneur and a, uh, runs several companies and is very successful, and he has his own shoe with, I believe, K Swiss. And so, where do you see this shoe game evolving to? Like, what's the next step?
0: Um, I think the next step is going to be in more kind of niche communities or serving more niche communities. I think sneakers are. In itself, a niche community, but like um, I think the the acting community is like strongly influences sneakers. Like a lot of them enjoy sneakers, like Jason Sudeikis or Mark Wahlberg. Um, I think Wahlberg had his own custom Jordan, like a friends and family. So friends and family means like Wahlberg's friends and his family. Like those forty people only got the shoes. So I think I could see. I don't know if you call it a niche community, but moving into that actor. Type roles, maybe seeing some of these bigger up and coming stars get a shoe. Um, I think you saw it in the 90s, early 2000s with Will Smith. Didn't necessarily get a shoe, but Fresh Prince of Bel Air was always wearing some sort of Jordan or trendy sneaker at the time. And that influences some of those kids of that time frame. So I think if you see this larger push into sneakers in, um, TV shows, and then the other one I think would be interesting
1: would be the push for esports. Oh wow, yeah. I never thought of that angle. Um, before we go a little more into that, I just wanted to say that uh, Jack Black, when you come out with those JB ones, let me know, boy.
0: <laughs> the uh, the school of rock boy. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> yeah. But
1: uh, so, what do you imagine esports having a role in the sneaker industry? Um I just see esports as it is growing and becoming one
0: of the larger or on its time becoming a, a sport of scale I'm not going to say it's going to become the largest sport but it's definitely going to become a it's already an international sport or a world sport it's going to slowly stack and stack and come on top and uh I think you know some of these events get like you know hundreds of thousands of viewers per game you know totaling millions of views at the end of the day and i think that influence of just being able to see it or seeing your favorite esports team so esports like professional video games um seeing you know your favorite esports team being sponsored by nike or adidas or reebok or under armour or, or you know jordan whoever steps into that realm um Cause those, I mean, video game fans are loyal already to the game and they're, it seems like they're pretty loyal to their organizations. Um, just seeing that, you know, buying that apparel, buying, you know, the off the top esports team Jersey, cause they all have their own jerseys or whatever, like that's sponsored by Nike. And then that could, you know, roll into a, you know, a colorway of a, you know, just a regular shoe, like a Nike free or an Air Max or a boost or whatever that is.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's a very good point. Uh, there's a huge fan base that can be served in that market and aspect that maybe hasn't been touched on before. I mean, um, just, yeah, finding your following or finding your game and then having, you know, a specific shoe or apparel that goes with it. Uh, that seems like a huge market to run off of.
0: What uh, is there any communities you think war are untouched in the sneaker world or the
1: shoe industry that may be in the future. Um, well, I mean, you kind of see it happening a little bit more right now. Um, with uh, Paul George just, uh, has a shoe that he collabed with PlayStation as well. So it has a lot of PlayStation themes as far as it's colorway goes and has LEDs in it. And one is a PlayStation logo on the tongue and the other is his logo. Um, I would imagine just the way things are going that you might see like a a Facebook or a social media issue that kind of documents where you're going. And as far as infusing with technology to, you know, mm-hmm. augment your social media experience as far as, you know, giving updates, you know, this uh, Susie walked 24 miles in Disneyland or whatever. Yeah.
0: yeah, I can see that. That's a it's a weird thing to think about just being able to be tracked by your shoes. But I mean, like Nike did it with their Nike Plus stuff or like your fitness bands and stuff. It's all the same thing. It would just be in your shoe.
1: You mm-hmm. know? Yeah, totally. And so I want to touch a little bit more on your personal shoe game. Uh, as far as like, you know, the, as far as sneakerheads go, what do you think the community, how is the community represented and what do you think their identity is, if you can touch on that?
0: Um. Okay. I was twelve when I first started or not twelve yeah I was probably about twelve when I first started, and the sneaker community then was super cool I mean you had like Nike talk forum soul collector um all these different avenues to you know talk with other sneaker enthusiasts of all ages um and then as it kind of evolved, you get you know Facebook groups and then like Twitter and Instagram And now the sneaker community is just kind of ignorant, you know, like you have, uh, you have like your originals in there, but you have a lot of kids now that, you know, the sneak, the secondhand sneaker industry. So resell is like a $2 billion industry and it's growing. The actual sneaker industry itself is like 220 billion or more um, internationally. But now you have all of these, I don't know, quote unquote, very young kids, like eight or nine year olds whose parents have a good, you know, disposable income. And so you have these kids who like, oh, I want the new Yeezy. Like they might not be able to get it on release day or know how to get it, but they can buy it for $800 on, you know, StockX or eBay or something like that. And you kind of just see this influx of in the community of like, oh, I own this shoe. I'm better than you. Or like, oh, this shoe's worth this much. I like it. Like, as back when I first started, it was like, well, this shoe's like really cool. I like the colors. Like, it's my style. And it was like, everyone was down for it. But now it's like, you catch this wave of, on social of if it's not the hottest shoe, no one cares because most of the community is like, you know, under 21, Um teenage kids who just are all about the trendiest item and like think if you don't have the trendiest item, you're not a, you know, a sneaker person. Or if like, if you don't own a, you know, the red October is like you don't know
1: sneakers and all this garbage. Wow. So it sounds like uh, at some point the the shoe industry uh, diverged from what you were used to. Do you think that came about for a specific reason? Like maybe the popularity of some of this hype beast stuff or, you know,
0: yeah, I think what did it was uh, 2012, um, the another NBA All-Star game. So, like, the NBA All-Star game is a huge thing for sneakers because it's kind of run by basketball shoes, and now it's translated into any other shoes dropped during that weekend. Uh, but in 2012, they came out with, like, the Galaxy posit and the Galaxy Pack. Um, so all of, like, LeBron, Kobe... Um, some like Penny Hardaway's. Charles Barkley had a shoe, right? Yeah, the Barkleys. Um, they're all this galaxy theme, and then they released, and like people were getting like beat up. There were riots. Like stores were getting broken into, and that kind of pushed it into this like huge spotlight, like all national news and you saw this influx of people saying like, Oh, wow, people are camping out for these. Why are they camping out? Oh, you can make money from this on the back end." And so you have people who aren't passionate about the shoes coming in. They're only in there to make that quick flip or that, you know, quick money. And that kind of is in any, any industry, if you have an influx of people who aren't passionate about a product come in, it's kind of, kind of hurt that community or that industry over time.
1: That, that definitely makes sense. And, uh, I mean, you hear about people getting beat up or robbed or, I mean, you know, even worse, like stabbed for sneakers and stuff like that. But uh, I didn't know specifically uh, that was an event where that happened, especially with those shoes. That's um, interesting to find that like people find the arbitrage in sneakers and then basically exploit it. And then you come in with these or these influx of people that come in with, you know, a not sneaker founded for the love of the sneakers themselves, but for the love of the money type deal yeah. and change the culture a little bit. Is there been any, like, I mean, we're talking about a part of the sneaker game that's changed for not really for the better. Has there been a part of the game that's changed for the better that you enjoy now more than you did when you first started?
0: Um, uh, probably the ease of buying sneakers. Um, Comes with a grain of salt on that, but like social media, you can find pretty much anyone that's selling sneakers on whatever platform that is and offer to buy them or, you know, go to eBay or Craigslist or like StockX is a site that's specific for sneakers and they've diversified into like handbags and other luxury, good luxury goods, some, supreme stuff. And they give you like a fair market value. And then you have like the site called goat, which is the same thing. So it's really easy to find sneakers that you want and buy them as opposed to back then it was a little bit harder. There wasn't as many avenues to purchase these sneakers, but the grain of salt is like a lot of Chinese companies now understand the value of sneakers and are you know seed into the market you know fake pairs or like replica pairs, which sometimes are hard to you know tell the difference. And so if you're buying from Craigslist, um, and no one's verifying it like on StockX or Go, you might be you know, hurt on the other side by getting some knockoff, um, Jordans or something, you know, Jordans where you can see his butt cheek, <laughs> <laughs>
1: those classic butt cheek Jordans, are, they're, uh, they're pretty explosive. Yeah. But, um, so as far as that goes, have you personally heard of any like, you know, scary stories about somebody paying an exuberant amount of money for a shoe and then figuring out it was a fake?
0: Um, Not that I know, but you read about every now and then, like, uh, some consignment stores. So consignment store pretty much like if I want to sell my shoes, I can go to them and they'll put it on their shelves. And when it sells, I get 70%, they get 30%. So it reaches their, um, consumer base. So you see sometimes consignment stores getting ripped because like they're verifying the shoes, but at the end of the day, it's sometimes it's really hard to tell. And so someone's bringing a hundred shoes and you want to get through them. And like, sometimes they get hit with like a fake, like recently what one I know is a fake air mag went through a store. And so an air mag is like back to the future, Marty McFly auto lacing lights and the whole nine. It's kind of more of a collector's piece. You don't really wear them, but you could, if you wanted to, um, the resale value on those is twenty five to twenty six thousand dollars and so this company or this consignment shop took one in and did all its checks and then um a little bit later down the line found out it was fake and they got ripped for like 20 grand um and i know someone probably bought that air mag for 140 bucks on you know some site so you kind of just see it here and there
1: gotcha And so do you believe that there is a place for replica shoes in the actual shoe game or should they kind of be separate?
0: I think a good example of this is our story. So we went to Goodwill a while back and we're shopping and, you know, I'm just looking for a jacket or whatever unique things, maybe a Guitar Hero controller. And uh, we get up to the check stand thing. And behind the counter is a pair of what looks to be like white cement threes, like a The shoe that Jordan took off from the free throw line in um, have like gray elephant print white leather like red on the inside and we're like oh sick those are like we couldn't really tell from where we were at and like so they're like 20 bucks and I was like okay cool. And so we got up and then, you know, after doing some more research, probably like 45 minutes, we found out, you know, a couple of things didn't line up, some of the stitching was off and some of the, uh, the pattern was off and like little minute things you aren't going to see like right out of the gate unless you already know about it. And so we returned them, but you and I went into that conversation about like, I would never knowingly buy replicas and pass them off as, you know, authentic shoes. But, you know, if I'm a fifth grade kid or a freshman in high school. And like, I can't really, you know, uh, purchase shoes of that usually that price. Cause those shoes are usually, you know, 180, 220 bucks. And my mom gets them for me and I think they're sick and I have no clue. And you know, like I'm not passing them. I think it go for it. Like if you have no idea that they're fake and like, you just like think they're super cool and they're for you do it. But like, I don't think going out of your way to buy replica shoes and then, you know, rocking them like they're real is, you know, uh, something you should do. I think it's just like ripping off a company who's made a design and go into some cheap
1: merchant outside and like, oh, yeah, these are real, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that definitely makes sense. I mean, there's a mental aspect of well your intent when it comes to that stuff. So I'm going to kind of have a little bit more fun with this next question Um, and maybe quiz. Maybe you guys will get to know Julian a little bit more. But if you had a shoe game Mount Rushmore for designers,
0: okay,
1: who would it be Um, and why?
0: So Mount Rushmore, you'd obviously put uh, Tinker Hatfield in there. So he developed like the Nike Air Max 90, the... Uh, I think the Air Max one, Jordan, like three, 11, all the cool ones, pretty much. Um, I think Leo Chang, he does the design for KD. Um and, or did the designs for KD. Uh, LeBron's had a few guys that I can't think of off the top of my head that did, a, I mean, did a bang up job of what his line is. And then, I mean, if you want to put like, I think what the team does, the Adidas team with Kanye does to create those shoes, like not really my taste, but they did it in the right way where it can, you know, it's wearable in a lot of different styles. And I think maybe you get some of those like collaboration pieces like with Pharrell or Off-White, or if you go further back, like uh, Jeff Staples, who... Does like SB dunks, so there's kind of a few here and there. Just that everyone brings their unique taste to the table and kind of like messes up the game for a little while. Then
1: the game's gonna find its way back, makes waves, so to speak. Gotcha. And so, as far as your personal collection goes, is there any prize to use? Like, if you if this if this great a huge and it's very very big, I'm saying probably like. 8000 square feet this apartment is (laughs) and so let's say that this place was on fire and you had you can only grab five sneakers out of your collection what would those sneakers be
0: am i this place is on fire to grab these five sneakers am i sacrificing anything else or i do have a lot of time to grab five sneakers
1: um, well, I mean, everything else is out of the house. Oh. <laughs> well, <Okay. laughs> well, not everything, but everything you care about is out of the house. The guitar hero controller. Um,
0: um, I would probably keep like, um, my LeBron 10 prisms. Um, those are the shoe. I had like my first Duncan, like in game Duncan. Um, I'll keep maybe my original LeBron ones from 2000. 2000- three or 2004 um, I would keep a pair of maybe the Chicago or black and red Jordan ones like one of his original colorways um, that's three I would probably do my Nike Flyknit trainers which are like some multicolor trainer that are super comfortable and then um probably my a pair of shoes that my girlfriend has purchased for me, or something like that. Like, just something that has another memory to it. I mean, a lot of my shoes have memories to it, but those ones are just the coolest one. And so, if you wanna know what I'm sacrificing the fires, like, I have some OVOs, I have some, like, Supreme joints, I have some, like, other, like, limited Jordan 1s, some, uh, limited Vans, all this other stuff. But, like, at the end of the day, it's just a physical product. And, like, if it burns, yeah, I lose some money, but like sneakers will always be growing and I can always get back into it. I'm not going to like risk my personal health or life on a pair of sneakers. I don't think anyone else
1: should. Um, but that's just my opinion. Gotcha. let uh, you definitely painted the picture there. So, um, if you could talk to all those, uh, younger Julian's out there who are you know, inspired by what's been going on as far as the people in the sneaker game and whatnot, and they're trying to get into sneakers, what would you tell of them specifically on their journey to get into this game?
0: Um, I would say, you know, find what style you like, whether that is Vans, Jordans, Adidas, dress shoes. Um, first, find that style you like and then kind of look at some pairs you do like and figure out like when they came out or when they do release, like what the price of them is and then i'll just you know the on, online's a great place or it can be find you know the right communities or the right person to talk to like a mentor and you know just like hey man where'd you get these or like what are your thoughts on this shoe coming out and kind of creating the sub community for yourself first while you're trying to purchase these shoes because um, honestly like purchasing shoes is can be very difficult if you're in a small market like I am like everything's online um so like just find this community where maybe like you know someone who's in Philadelphia or Chicago and you can you know reach out to them and be like hey man I really want this shoe and you've created this relationship like any if you have any chance and find a pair like can you grab it for me and send it over just kind of creating a sub community and, you know, making friendships. Cause that's kind of what secret community does for me is finding these friendships or people you can talk to, um, about something you're interested in and then, you know, getting some knowledge
1: from that. And then on the back end, they might help you get some product. Yeah. Gotcha. That makes sense. Um, and is there anything that you would want to know personally yourself that you didn't know in the past? So let's say that you could have a conversation with young Julian, um, what would you tell him to avoid or look out for or do earlier that um, you learned? I'd say get up
0: at 4 or 5 a.m. If you want to buy his shoes. Um, just because it used to be like 7 Eastern time, uh, 8 Eastern time, somewhere in that range. Get up. I mean, on the, at least I'm on the West Coast. Get up early because that's how you're going to find the shoes. Like, Do your research a couple days in advance. Um, that way you can have a chance at purchasing these shoes. Not saying you will, but... As long as you're, you know, up when they drop and you can have a chance to click that button, you have a chance. Um, and then something to avoid, I would say is maybe just like budget yourself. I mean, I've bought some shoes in the past that I just really was on impulse or I thought they were a lot cooler than they were. I mean, granted, I sold them and got my money back, but still like it would have been nice just to forego that
1: and keep my money. Gotcha. Um, And I think a final closing one, unless you have something else to add after this, Um, do you believe that sneakers are in a sneaker game is going to be as strong, stronger or, um, you know, stay the same in the future? And why?
0: I believe sneakers are going to be in the same kind of cyclical sense that they are. They're always gonna be that community's always gonna be strong. Sometimes it's gonna be, you know, larger than others. Sometimes there's always gonna be that release that, you know, shocks the media and comes out and puts it on another scale and will kinda dip for a little bit to the people who are always doing it. it's always gonna go in the cyclical cycle. It'll be it just depends on really the brands and those designers. Like it's really easy to take example, like the Curry two and three, um, have a hit shoe, like the Curry one that everyone wants, then design a shoe that really no one wants in the two or three, or like it isn't as good, or it kind of is going down. Um, it's really easy to ruin a line or try to do something that kind of hurts, you know, that line in general, but there's always someone trying to be new and creative. There'll always be that trend. There's always going to be that 14 year old that wants the latest item. You know, there's always going to be that guy who you know, like shoes when he was younger and remembers the ads. And then as they get older, those shoes come back out or they retro them. Um, there's always going to be that kind of cycle to it. So I think it's always going to be around. Um, there might be some aspects that die, but there also might be some new aspects over time.
1: Gotcha. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, as far as I an outsider looking into the sneaker game, I'm a little more educated on dress shoes, but uh, it does seem like that market where, um you know it fluctuates a little bit depending on what's going on but i I can't imagine it going anywhere for anytime soon
0: yeah i agree it's just a you know fun hobby to get into if you can afford it or learn about kind of makes the games more interesting because you see what they're wearing or like i can't believe they're wearing that that's from 10 years ago or whatever it is it's just something fun
1: gotcha uh so i just wanted to thank you guys for uh Watching or listening to another off the top episode, I uh, just wanted to uh, say that we're out there on, um, you know, uh, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, um, just a whole assortment of things. And uh, if you decide to subscribe and maybe give us some uh, feedback, uh, we'd love it. And uh, you also might have the ability to learn how to destroy your enemies as well learning from these podcasts so (laughs) yeah um once
0: again off the top is the podcast with the largest feet in this apartment um thank you for listening Uh, uh, why y'all be criticizing we just gonna do our thing like every day